We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. I've had great reviews from principals who have purchased the trauma course that I have available at jethrojones.com slash trauma. And it's not too late, not too late in the year to start talking about this. One principal recently got it and wanted to talk especially about self-care at this time of year, and that's a big part of dealing with trauma in your schools. So go to jethrojones.com slash trauma and get that course today. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I am continuing this week my conversation with Dr. Michael Reichert, the author of the book, How to Raise a Boy, The Power of Connection to Build Good Men. Loved reading this book. Loved talking to Michael. I hope you enjoy this. When we left off last week, Michael had just said that a boy is not going to learn from someone he doesn't have a relationship with. And that is so much the truth. And we're going to talk more about that as well as it being the responsibility of the uh, adult in the relationship to manage that relationship. So thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle and enjoy the rest of my conversation with Dr. Michael Reichert. And I got to share this story with a kid that we'll call Richard. Okay. So Richard was, you know, he was a, a normal squirrely boy diagnosed with ADHD, kind of defiant, you know, like most boys that we run into. And we could see this, like this little hint every once in a while where he would like totally engage in learning. And it was awesome, but it was so rare and we couldn't pinpoint right where it was. And then one day, and I, as the principal, I got this kid in trouble all the time because he was always doing something that was 
just needling someone or, or getting under somebody's skin. And finally, I had built this relationship with him over the course of the year. And finally, towards the end of the year, he said, I don't like that teacher, that guy teacher there, because he he doesn't like me and he treated me poorly. And I've never forgiven him and I won't forgive him. And so he did something to that to that male teacher. And I said, why did you do that? And he said, because I think he's a jerk. He doesn't care about me. And I was like, from the mouth of babes. And so yep. we talked about it and he finally admitted it. And as I was, as I was reading your book, I was like, this is Richard for sure. This is exactly right. what his issue was. And so I found him a, an adult male teacher in the building who could be like, who could build a relationship with him and be positive with him besides me, because I was the principal and the disciplinarian. And I continued building that relationship with him. And once he had someone for whom he was willing to work, he, he totally changed. And when that guy talked to him, he did his work right away, did it well, tried really hard. When anybody else who he didn't have a relationship with talked to him, he was like arrogant and disrespectful and wouldn't do anything. And it was like, you guys, we're seeing two different boys here. We're seeing the boy who has a relationship, who's amazing and we love him, and the boy who doesn't have a relationship and everybody cannot stand him. And so like that... As I was reading your book, I was just like, that is exactly the case. And if we would have started with that relationship, I bet he never would have gone down that other path. But because we failed to do that, you know, it was an uphill climb the whole way back. But when he was on, he was on 100%. And it was inspiring to see how much he would engage when there was a relationship. Yeah, and inspiring and so reassuring, isn't it? That that no matter what the mask is that boys are wearing, and they can really look frightening. You know, we found in our, in our, in our study, the, the second study, where we really dug into the quality of the relationships that, that work and the features of the relationships that did not work and the reasons for the relational breakdowns. What we found was that the positive relationships truly were transformative, that the boy that you describe was in these stories that were so so inspiring, so exciting, so validating of the power of a connection with a teacher to lift boys up to altogether new heights. I, I speak of these relationships as transformative on three levels. They're practically transformative in the sense that boys can, you know, run faster, they can win track meets, they can take tests, they can pass exams. They can go on to the next grade. So in a very practical way, they acquire new skills and knowledge and they can progress. But they're psychologically transformative in the sense that their self-concept changes, the way they see themselves and the way that they envision their futures and their possibilities is changed. And then I think most importantly, maybe for me as a psychologist, I don't know if it's as true for you, but you know, it's existentially transformative. I come to recognize that I'm not alone. And whatever disappointments or letdowns I've experienced in the world, and many boys come to school having had ruptured attachments, you know, broken relationships, lots of disappointment. They're not easy to form relationships with. Sometimes they're very withdrawn, very rejecting, very antagonistic, willing to be disruptive and oppositional. You know, whatever experiences they've carried into your class or your school. What our research told us was that every single kind of problem that was described on the breakdown, the negative relationship side of our 
investigation, we were hearing transformed on the positive side. And it led us to conclude that every boy can be reached by someone who's approaching them with the right strategy and who's confident that they can be uh, reached. It might not be, you know, uh, within your wheelhouse at present. You know, you've got a relational repertoire and it's tried and true and you, you, you do everything you can. If you still strike out with a boy, what we heard in our stories was teachers saying, I did everything that could reasonably be expected of me. I can't reach him. He's beyond reach. And yet we were hearing that that boy was being reached by the gym coach or the librarian or, you know, someone, somewhere. And it tells us that they can be reached with the right strategy. So your story about seeing two different people is really just two sides of the same boy. Yep. And, and you know, knowing that that boy is in there and can be reached should motivate all of us to, to expand our wheelhouse, our re- relational repertoire. And to take in, in the study, what we concluded was it's the adult teacher coach. It's the adult's job to be the relationship manager. And if a relationship has become weakened or broken, unfortunately, it, it falls to the adult, the professional, to be the one to fix that relationship. I say unfortunately because I think the emotional labor that we're asking of teachers is a big job. It comes on top of all the other expectations we're putting on teachers. Yeah. But I think, as I said, it, I think it's the reason so many people went into education. I think changing lives, lifting kids up is the reward. It's not the salary, right? That's right. And, and that is exactly it. And we see the power in that. And at the same time, we put so much in, it's easy to become, as adults, it's easy to feel like you want to give up because you do put a lot in and it is difficult and it is challenging. But that part about the, the three ways that it's transformative and then the adult being the relationship manager, I think is so powerful because once you recognize that that's what your job is and that, that relationship manager really put into words the, the way that I've dealt with that, that when I've had a problem with a kid, I go to the kid and I say, man, it feels like we're just not clicking. We need to get back on the right page and here's here's where I feel like I made a mistake, where I felt like I lost trust with you. And I want to say this is like how that happened and, and what what I went through and why I acted the way that I did. And and I had that experience with this kid who was really a tough case and he left our school and then and I knew that it worked because I had that kind of a conversation with him just before he left. And then he came back. And when he came back, I went out to shake his hand and welcome him back. And he hit my hand out of the way. And this kid was like always defiant. And so I thought he was like, oh, this guy's trying to be my friend, not going to happen. I thought he was mad. He hit my hand out of the way and then gave me a big hug. And I was like, okay, welcome back. And it was like, that's that's when you know that it's working. And that's how how it's possible. Because that kid he had, you know, an alcoholic mom and mom had tons of different boyfriends and he didn't have good male role models in his life. And he didn't know what a boy was supposed to do. So he was taking on this protector role of always protecting his mom and always fighting with everybody at school. And it was just like, okay, that I made it. And that kid wasn't perfect after that, but we sure were able to talk man to man. I would say after that, where I could say, 
I messed up. And he could say, well, I messed up too. And this is what I did wrong. And it just totally changed the dynamic so that it was, it wasn't just like me saying you have to comply and do what you're supposed to. We had conversations that were like, what kind of a person do you want to be when you grow up? Not what do you want to do yeah. at work, but how do you want to live your life? You know, do you want to be a good husband and a good dad? Yeah, I totally do because I don't have that. And it's like, well, the, then these are the things that need to happen for you to do that. And just, it was amazing. Jethro, you, you achieved your goal. You achieved influence on him. And you did that. You were able to leverage that in powerful ways simply because he recognized that you were going to reach for him person to person, that you respected him enough to reveal yourself as a human being to him. And you were able to expect him as a consequence of the bond that you built with him to be a good man and to, and to live up to his own you know, goals rather than self-defeating and self-destructive behavior. Let's talk for a minute about, about relational breakdowns if we can. Yeah, that's because I think as, I think school leaders are always being confronted with that problem, and yeah. I think they often don't know what to do about it. They often feel blaming either of the boy who's acting out or the teacher who's sending the boy to the office, or you know exactly. And I think I think a lot of school leaders don't know how to promote the relationship between the teacher and the boy particularly when teachers come feeling frustrated at their at the end of their rope demanding you know disciplinary action really i think often wanting that boy or that problem out of their class yeah they want to pound a flush sometimes cuz yeah, yeah. they put so much in and they're so frustrated that it's not working they're like i i yep. need my my heart back that i gave to that kid yeah, and I, I think that that what we found in our research, there's a so relational breakdowns, big and small, happen all the time. You know, every single kind of relationship goes through a cycle of connection, disconnection, reconnection. My relationship with my wife, my relationship with my sons, my grandson, that's the normal cycle in relationships. And typically, what we do is when we notice we've gotten a little bit separated, we, we undertake a strategy to reconnect. What we're saying in these uh, uh, pedagogical relationships is it's the responsibility of the relationship manager to monitor whether the relationship is vibrant, alive, strong, or not. And if it's not strong or if it's become disconnected, to undertake some strategy to reconnect. So first role for teachers is to notice what's happening. And sometimes these these breakdowns are visible. You know, it's the boy that's disrupting the class or the boy that's not doing any work or the boy that is distracting everybody around him, uh, whatever. You know, uh, that's a relationship where the boy is not feeling any particular accountability to the teacher, any responsibility to, to respectfully engage in what he's asking them to do. Um, and it's a sign. But there's another kind of breakdown, which I think is more problematic, even not it may not be as vexing, but it showed up in our data a lot. And that was the boy that simply checks out or never engages, underperforms. And that's another way that boys indicate that they're, you know, they're not feeling it. You've got no traction with them. You haven't gotten to first base. So I think that the relationship breakdown is a sign uh, it's a cry, really, for some 
uh, outreach from the teacher to the boy. And there's lots and lots of different strategies that we describe in the book that I wrote with my partner, I Can Learn From You, Boys as Relational Learners. And those strategies really came from teachers in the trenches. They're not our strategies. We, we deduced them from, from the, the lessons that we heard or the stories we heard. The uh, relational gestures that we describe in the book, they, you know, teachers tend to have some or other of those strategies. And what we're saying is that if you have a repertoire of favored gestures, you may not be able to reach that boy that you're striking out with in, within the framework of that repertoire. You may have to uh, reset your attitude and try something else. What happens to teachers, though, when they get to the end of their ropes is they tend to feel, I think they tend to feel defensive. Sometimes they project that negative feeling onto the boy himself. Uh, they develop an attitude, a hardened attitude, and a mindset about that boy. Uh, they get stuck, and they tend to defend their position by attributing uh, the problem to the boy or to his circumstances in some way. You know, family problems that are untenable or psychological difficulties that are, you know, that are interfering, socioeconomic pressures, whatever it might be. And um, like I said, in, you know, previously, every type of boy with all of those difficulties can be reached, was being reached in the stories we heard. So I guess the message is breakdowns are common. They're natural. It's the teacher's job to undertake strategies to repair a, a weakened or broken relationship. When a teacher reaches the end of their accustomed uh, strategies, though, that's, I think, really when that teacher needs the support of a school leader. The problem is that many school leaders themselves don't know how to support that emotional labor in a way that doesn't, doesn't seem to the teacher who's striking out as if they're being somehow threatened by the, by the leader. There's some evaluation that's being made of them as insufficient or inadequate. They already feel bad. They already feel defensive. And here comes the school leader uh, urging them to, you know, try harder, do more, come up with something that they don't have an answer for, you know, bang their head against that brick wall one more time. What that teacher's thinking is, yeah, it's easy for you to say from your office, but you're not in the trenches with me. You don't have to go back to that class and manage all of those impossible needs. Yep. So I, I think that, uh, you know, in terms of what you might say as a school leader to teachers at the end of their ropes like that, uh, I think what you might say is you recognize that this is really challenging, that it can be very frustrating. And yet I think you want to say something like this. You have the power to change this boy's life. I know it's really hard and that he has grown really uh, accustomed to expecting very little and even to being, you know, even to self-sabotaging. But if you can bear with him and continue to reach for him, maybe checking in with other teachers that are trying also so that you're not as alone. Maybe someone's got an idea. Maybe there's something you haven't tried that you can think of if you talk to other people. But yeah, I'd like you to keep trying and I will back and support you. You can always come into me and complain about this boy. Please remember that I'm going to hold out for the power you have to change his life. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I've been guilty of that myself and not intentionally, but I know that I've 
I've put those expectations on those teachers. And, you know, part of the challenge is that the teacher can push them off to me. But as a principal, I don't have anybody to push them off to. (laughs) And so I have to have that conversation. I have to build that relationship. And, you know, by the time they get to me, you know, a lot of times they've been, quote unquote, burned by a number of teachers. And so their trust level for adults is really quite low. And so, you know, I... I, I know that I've been guilty of that. I know that it's a complicated issue and it's something that that I certainly want to get better at. So in closing, Michael, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? Well, I think that, that uh, you know, simply to understand that he or she is asking uh, their teachers to do this emotional work, validating the reality of how hard it can feel and offering to support it while saying very, very clearly to their faculty, boys are relational learners first. If you don't have a connection with your students, they're going to not engage with you and go to that place, that vulnerable place where they're willing to learn from you. You know, the title of my book, I I Can Learn From You, actually is a play on an earlier book by Herbert Cole titled, I Won't Learn From You. And that's the go-to defensive strategy of a boy who is not connected, who feels disrespected or not cared for. Yeah. So, so that's what I would recommend to principals that they can do today, this week, is, is to really take to heart the message, you know, the, the learning, the thing, that they, the thing that they know but may have forgotten, mm-hmm. that boys in particular are, are willing to check out, often arbitrarily and unfairly, yeah. but have to be reached in order to learn. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time, Michael. And again, the book is called How to Raise a Boy, The Power of Connection to Build Good Men. And you can learn more from Michael at michaelcreichert.com. And any other ways that you would like people to connect with you, Michael? No, that'll do it. I'd be happy to uh, to, to hear from folks. Um, thank you, Jethro. And thank you to your listeners for, uh, you know, for, for investing time and thinking about this dimension of boys learning. Yep. Thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah, happy to. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com BE.